to another episode of All My Lip. This is Rosa. And this is Tanuja. And today we bring you another episode with a very special guest. Yes, we are very excited about this book. This is a debut author. The book set in Nigeria. It is a coming-of-age story. And we're very excited to have Stephen Boros on the podcast, the author of The Five Sorrowful Mysteries of Andy Africa. And without further ado, Baru. Welcome and thank you so much for coming and visit us. Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners? Yes, so my name is uh, Stephen Burrow. I'm the author of The Five Sorrowful Mysteries of Andy Africa. I live, currently live in Norwich. Uh, I'm doing a PhD in creative critical writing at the University of East Anglia. Nice. I started comparative literature, so I oh. know all that world. And it's a lot of fun <laughs> and it's extremely yeah. stressful. So I commend you <laughs> on your decision. Yeah, thank you. I mean, my course is creative critical, so a creative piece, which is just novel and a critical yeah. essay, which is 20% of the thesis. So, so yeah, that takes so, so much pressure, I think, yeah. That's actually very cool. I, I had to leave yeah. academia because I thought, like, I'm not yeah. going to be able to live with this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, I mean, it's just a yeah. completely different world. I mean, that does cost you yeah. so much headaches every, all the time. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. That's, that's yeah. why I chose publishing. That is way better. It doesn't cause you any headache, right, Anu? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've uh, we're doing an episode of publishing. Publishing has its own issues, but I've worked yeah. in academia as well. I was assisting my professor for a year, and so I can I can vouch for all the headaches and all the navigate navigating the world of academia and everybody mm. in it. That's I feel like an art in itself. But thank you so much for coming on to Oh My Lead, Stephen. Needless to say, this book is amazing. Uh, but I wanted to start off with a couple of light and easy questions before we questions before we dive into the book. Um, quick one. Do you prefer math or do you prefer writing? Oh, I mean, that is not a quick question at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean that, that is like a lifelong question for me to figure out, right? Like in short, whatever, I don't know how long we can spend like a whole day talking about this, but I think <laughs> like in, in a few words, I think, I mean, if I have to choose one, I mean, if someone puts a gun to my head, oh, choose one, <laughs> you must choose one. Then I might say, okay, I'm at least, I'm at least slightly towards, towards writing. Okay. I mean, writing was my first book. That was what I first discovered. I mean, it gave me so much power, so much agency. I mean, I think. Yes. And, um, and in, um, my love for maths, I mean, developed much later. I mean, in my yeah. secondary school when I had like a fantastic math teacher. So, and, yeah. and writing gives me this opportunity to even examine mathematics, uh, mathematical theory, a mathematical way of examining the world, which I think my novel does a bit of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your character, Andy Africa, is also obsessed with maths and mathematical theorems. I really liked seeing that also in the book. Yeah, I like that nerdy side of his. Like, he's. <laughs> That's another facet to his personality. I I will yeah. say it's nerdy. You are able to translate that really well in his character, where mm -hmm. he also sees the world like has that mathematical viewpoint. I did not have a good math teacher, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's really sad. Because uh, I think having a great math teacher, I mean, it's a privilege because I mean, a teacher who actually makes you see why mathematics is important and. Not just why mathematics is important, but why you can enjoy it. And yeah. 
and how yeah. it can it can like transform the way you see the world and even your life the way you do things i think it's yeah, yeah and, it's, and how it heals yeah. the world i was a math about i don't know how to say this math athlete i did like those oh, wow yeah. wow what rosa wow. I what when really? i tell you wow. i'm a proper nerd like i don't know if you understand me <laughs> yeah last week it took me like 15 minutes to divide our bill for drinks I, so no no yeah well listen listen uh, to be to be fair in my defense i was inebriated so <laughs> maybe that lowered my mathematical skills yeah, that are just yeah. hidden under the surface i don't yeah. know <laughs> yeah. it's oh, a good no. idea yeah <laughs> I mean, many people think they might not be very, very mathematical, and, and that, might not, that might not be very correct because I mean, most most people see math as just more about calculation and just yeah. so numbers and all. And mm-hmm. and I think mathematics is way, way more than that. I mean, yeah. if you must break math into two parts, you might okay, you might want to break math into maybe the arithmetic aspect, right? Like yeah. doing calculation sums and all that, and a much more of like logical aspect, like logical interpretation, and because like math, logic, love logical kind of work and. Just more of so much logic and thinking, and we're all logical human beings. We do, yeah. We apply logical skills every day in our life, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're all mathematicians in the way or the other, whether we accept it or not. Anyway, <laughs> it's yeah. seeing the world in a different way. Um, next question: What is a problematic favorite for you in books? And there's already one in your book. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I I really do have uh, one right, but I think what. Comes closest to mind now might be. I mean, one of my favorite writers is the American writer, you know, Diaz, and uh, yeah, I mean, his short stories and especially his novel, The Brief Wondrous Life of Oscar Wilde. So yeah, the narrator of most of his stories and of course his novel is Union. Uh, I think you know, I don't know how to pronounce his full name. I'm not, you know, the last castles or something. Union. Uh, so uh, you know, he's just this top-notch, crazy philanderer, this womanizer yes. who just moves from one woman to the other and. And most times, I like why did a lot of you know Jesus works. I'm like, oh, like you know, you found this wonderful woman. Why don't you just stay with her and build something yeah. wonderful with her? Why, why must you just be an household? I mean, why don't you just, uh, yeah? So I mean, I, that might just be, be it, right? Or maybe yeah. I mean, the catcher in the rye, right? Uh, oh, how yeah. Holding coffee course goes around calling everyone a phony or something. So perhaps okay, that might be the one. <laughs> Yeah, we love a problematic fave. We love it. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Tanu? Do you have a problematic fave? I'm sure some of my authors that I really like reading are problematic faves, like hundred yeah. uh, percent. But I was thinking more like characters, and I always like a really, really villainous, no good, absolute wild character with no origin story of why they're bad. <laughs> Like bad. they're Me. just bad okay. because Good. they want to be. Yes, they're just messy, problematic for no reason. That's that's just their choice. I like, I really secretly like those characters. What about you, Rosa? I agree so much with you. I I am very very fond. You know, I'm very fond of Live Love Slaughter. <laughs> Any time that a character is just mean and killing just because. I'm game. Yeah. But I was thinking actually about a show. You know, I'm the biggest fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Buffy okay. the Vampire. Oh. <laughs> that's a, that's very nerdy of you. <laughs> I we've published. So the other day I was trying to convince my partner that I'm cool. 
And to convince him, I told him, hey, I play d and I'm very cool. And he said, like, Rosa, you don't understand what cool is, clearly. Uh, so we've, we've accepted that I'm not cool. It's okay. <laughs> I think you're the coolest person I know, Rosa. But listen, I think everybody here loves Buffy the Vampire. So like, how many times have you watched it? And it was like... It was a lot of episodes. It's a lot of commitment to watch it again and again. And we have. But I agree. That is a good problematic problematic fave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched it once a year completely. I know. Yeah. But let's leave Buffy and all of these things to one side. (laughs) Let's talk about your fantastic book because we've really enjoyed the five sorrowful mysteries of Andy Africa. It's a very heartwarming and hard book to read at the same time. It's a coming of age story of Andy Africa and all of his friends. When Andy Africa is not in church, at school, or attempting to form Africa's first superheroes, he's obsessed over mathematical theorems, ideas of black power, and HXVX, the curse of Africa. This book talks about familial relationships, friends, loss, uh, the crisis uh, in Africa, the crisis of confidence in Africa, and a group of young people trying to make their own life. I wanted to ask you, what what was your inspiration for this book? It's it's such an incredible story. I mean, I'm interested in inspirations. I mean, it's a very difficult thing, right? Everything I've seen, everything I've read, in a way, has I mean, inspired the story. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as a writer, I mean, most people think, oh, writers just wake up one day and and you just Oh, I want to write about a bed. Oh, I want to write about uh, about I mean serial killers, and you just go to the table and you just start typing, and then you begin writing. Sometimes, I mean, you just go and you sit down, and and whenever something just comes out of you, and and he, and and that thing seems to have so much substance and uh, or show yeah. so much potential, and you begin to chase it, and all. And I, I think mm. in the way that that is what this book uh, has been. Uh, I mean, I. The book actually just began from one day, I mean, one day in June 2018. I was yeah. sitting in my living room in Nigeria. I was just, then I was just in this very creative state. I wanted to write, I felt I had so many things in me that I wanted mm-hmm. to come out, but I just couldn't find it, I mean, any good way of, of putting them down. So I was just sitting there in my, in my living room one day and, and then this voice just comes to me, this powerful voice that wants to confess, that, that is full of so much shame and I had so much urgency about it. and. And then I had my, a BlackBerry phone beside me. I just picked up my BlackBerry phone and, and then I just started writing, just writing, writing, writing. And, <laughs> wow. then, and then after writing like 500 words, I know I, and then I just took a break. I decided to go back to reread all that I had written. And I yeah. saw that it was like one of the most powerful and even like insightful, perhaps it was written piece I had written up to that time. And wow. And then like, and then that was just like a spark for me. I just saw, oh, like, I think this story has, all the potentials of the things I want to do. I could see how it could help me to not just examine myself, and of course, but to examine my community, I mean, my country, even my mm-hmm. continent, and, and all the complications about Nigeria, all, yeah. I mean, the whole legacy of post-colonialism, you know, and yeah, and it was just, yeah, yeah it was just all there. Yeah. I wonder what that feeling is like, Stephen, when you, when you have a voice like that, you obviously needed to write it rather yeah. than, you know, like when there's that, like you said, there was an urgency to to that voice. You can't help but put it down on paper. But you spoke of post-colonialism and it's a coming of age story. And, but you've like interviewed the conflicts um, 
the colonial aspects, the racism in how did you balance it out, making sure that Andy's voice was, you know, it was his story, but at the same time you were giving all this heavy context and how that context has influenced Andy? I think all this stems from Andy himself, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, and his voice, he's just, he's just this wonderful character who, who, I mean, he's, he, I mean, he's he's been called at the Africa, right, by his friends and all that. But <laughs> but but uh, he's just this wonderful character who gives this opportunity to examine just so many things about about himself. I mean, one the conflict, the conflict right comes from him himself, yeah. who he is, and I mean his di- his, di- his desires and all. I mean, and and all that all stem from. You can trace all that to I mean the legacy of, for example, of colonialism. You can trace yeah. that to. I mean the collapse of the Nigerian state and all that. I think in the end it's just all about Andy and and his voice, his interests, yeah, yeah and how it, he's he's just uh, this wonderful collective path to all these different interesting issues of regarding Nigeria and the and contemporary Africa. Yeah. yeah, I love that Nigeria is a, such a plural place and it's such a, a mixed match of different cultures, of different pa- people coming together. I'm always fascinated by Nigeria. My partner is from Bidi City. Oh, uh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I try to learn as much about Nigerians' history and Nigerians' complications yeah. as possible. But I think that you reflected it so well in your book to see like all that mixed match of people getting together and trying to do the best they can with the situation they've been dealt with. I also commend you because you brought a lightheartedness in this in this book while still talking about a lot of heavy topics. Was it important for you to keep a certain humor to the book? I mean, honestly, um, <laughs> I mean, just a huge coincidence or a huge surprise to learn that, oh, that the book is funny or lighthearted, right? I mean, I remember when I read it, I mean... Honestly, the, so when I writing the very first half of the book, especially the first chapters anyway, I, I was just writing. I mean, a number of times I, I found myself chuckling anyway, but I just felt, oh, maybe because I resonated with some of these things. That's why I was chuckling. But that, oh, it wasn't yeah. funny. And I was, just, I was just writing and I felt I was writing about heavy things, right? And then when my agent read parts of uh, read the first, the first few chapters and she was telling me, yeah. oh, that the book is funny, it's satirical. And I was like, <laughs> are you really serious? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I will read the same book. I will read the same book. Or it is something else. And uh, yeah, and, and then I realized that I mean the the satire and the humor is all very yeah. subconscious, and and that it was just my way of like examining these very heavy topics in a very yeah. palatable way, like in a way that is not put into reader in a very very engaging way. Uh, and uh, and and this voice is so wonderful. I mean, I mean regarding that, yeah. so the voice just allows the articulation of all these difficult topics in a very very like fun and enjoyable way I think. Steven, that's like the best one I've heard so far. Like you were surprised. <laughs> that's my brand of funny, yeah. by the way, because when yeah. I talk to people and they laugh and I I just imagine like actually I'm just talking about the sadness in my life, but it's funny to you. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm happy you're enjoying yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Andy's voice that we've spoken about, that's that's the character that came to you urgently. And it is a real, genuine, nuanced character. I felt the entire time Andy's yeah. voice was actually written by a 15-year-old. Like, I was actually written oh. by a teenager. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way, in the sense that yeah, it was so yeah, 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 yeah. No, you know, yeah, like, yeah. 
Yeah, his sense of like thinking or the words he used or but obviously I didn't mean that it was written by a teenager because I want to talk about your writing as well. Of course, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, no, that's a that's a huge compliment. I mean, I would yeah. like to actually see how like teenagers actually read read the book, you know, because yeah. like for me, when writing anyway, actually when writing this book, I just felt oh, like I'm trying to write a book that's my teen itself like uh, when i was that age i read a lot of books then i think there's so many many books at, at that age so so my target was that oh like to write a book that my 13 year old self would fully appreciate understand and, uh, and i would think if that self that something that person's something huge huge to think about to consider yeah so yeah. oh that's great I, I really felt like maybe you interviewed some like somebody or maybe you had one of like in the past maybe you were inspired by one of your students because i i was so sure that you you must have had somebody real in real life in your mind when you probably wrote this it was that the like was that the case you just make sure you had that teenager's voice while writing yeah i think in many ways on the one hand i i mean i started writing this book i mean years ago like yeah when i was like 24 and and then oh. now i'm getting closer to 30 right so so and so i mean at 24 you're still closer to your teenage years and than than now and yes. anyway. and uh, yeah. so i think that's massively massively helped i mean i don't think in any way am i perhaps as possible my students who i mean my students who i taught maths right in nigeria then mm. perhaps in a way maybe they inspired my writing in a way or or i don't know i, I don't know yeah but of course more more of like i would just going back to my teenage years and and mm. my relationships with my friends and i mean it just just so vivid to me and i mean now and then i still dream of, of my secondary school days i just feel like i'm still back <laughs> in my classroom right with my oh, teachers yes. and and so perhaps that is helpful i mean in that way yeah 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 <laughs> you know it um it kind of reminded me like the last book i had read that had had that kind of a character like was Trevor Noah's book have, oh, have you read that yeah. oh no yeah no, no, no. uh it's again yeah. it's you know really heavy topics but funny yeah. Yeah. uh but also when he talks about his childhood he has the same same thinking and the same voice yeah. like the way you managed to have andy's and he was writing about himself so uh, yeah, yeah. so yeah i i thought that that came through really well yeah yeah Yeah, thank you. I also enjoyed a lot. You're you're reflecting on why young Africans or well, young Nigerians in this case are looking to to leave their homes. We know how the immigration situation is here in the UK. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, it's, let's say it's a lot of fun right now uh, for everyone involved. Yeah. We just yeah. have to do papers for our child it's been an absolute nightmare because we're both immigrants and uk is a nightmare with immigrants but yeah. <laughs> it's okay yeah. it's okay but i thought it was very well explained in the book like why young people from nigeria that are absolutely in love with their country and that want to better their country they have to find themselves in situations that make them leave their country i i really commend you for it because I, I thought that it was extremely well explained. I just wanted to, to talk to you about why you decided to tell the story of young people having to leave Nigeria. Yes, I think it's one on the one hand, this is something that is so important to me. And uh, on, the, on the other hand too, it's it's a prevalent theme of, of Nigeria. I mean, 
mm. I mean, enjoying the past 20, 30 years or so. Like, for example, since when I, I've been little, since when I was a little boy, you know, I mean, that's all I've been hearing about. I mean, many people have, I mean, we've all been complaining about how difficult, how difficult things are in Nigeria and there. Yeah. And of course, and the allow of the West and the desire to migrate. So, so this is something I've been like dealing with since when I was, and when I was a little boy, I mean, I had an uncle who that I was here in, in the UK, like, uh, I mean, an extended, not so close anyway, like kind of a slightly more distant relative. So we call him an mm-hmm. uncle anyway. And and my, my younger, my older brother, then he always kept talking about, oh, that this uncle will come for me and take me to the UK. Yeah. And my life will become better and all that. But I mean, the uncle never came anyway. So, <laughs> so but whatever, it's a prevalent thing. And I remember the last time I visited Nigeria, that was in 2019. And how almost every everywhere every everywhere I went to, I mean everywhere I went to, like people were all just talking about like migration, migration to the West. And yeah, I think it's a very, very I mean, very, very pivotal theme theme of um, the post-colonial experience in, in Nigeria. I know there's Nigeria in many African countries. Yeah. Um yeah, and I, I think it's something that uh, I mean writers should actually write more open about and examine more about, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like Rosa and I have gone through the process of immigration, but I find I find a lot of commonalities when I read like books set in Nigeria or even speak to my friends from Nigeria. We have a lot of similar experiences and, and that this is one that I could personally re- relate to when you're growing up in a country as I was in India. There were a lot of times people would compare and when you're growing up you have such an impressionable mind like you start viewing the world you know really that 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 is it that's the truth is that there are a lot of problems in your country things are better elsewhere we can figure out how to do it better outside or we can just have an easier life outside yeah and that is not always the case one of my greatest oh the adults were wrong kind of moment was coming here and (laughs) figuring out that all countries are different there might be things that are better in the UK and those very things might really be bad in India but there are things that UK does not do well that India does and so many other countries might do well as well so I really had that growing up and that's something I could personally relate to very strongly just like Andy, I I wanted to say that all the other characters, his mom, his friends, they're very real people. It's, yeah. you know, his voice is the most, you know, it's his story. But uh, all the other people are really almost felt like you've known these people. You've like met them in actual life. How was it writing the other characters? Because like you said, Andy's voice was so dominant and that's the one that you, that's the one that the story sort of breathed out of. How was it working on the other characters? Regarding the other characters, on the one hand, again, I mean, we, we, we have to note that, oh, I mean, the, the story, right, it's from Andy's point of view. And uh, so it's his views on the world, you know, like that's, that is what the reader gets to see. Mm. And so the reader doesn't see any other point of view. And so that's something I had to like be very careful about to ensure that, uh, to come from that and this point of view, right? To to depict the characters as well-rounded, as multifaceted as as, as possible. And uh, yeah. so, uh, and all that. And so, and, and that was a bit challenging, right? And sometimes trying to show to, to the reader that all that, what yeah. Andy's, what Andy uh, sees about these characters, his, his opinions about them might be actually be wrong. Because now and then they're to disprove I mean, I mean, perspective on things, right? So that's something I had to do, you know, 
to at least to get to convey these characters as very well rounded for the reader. Yeah, and these characters, they I mean, they're all fictional, right? Um, I mean, maybe if you, some people I, I knew growing up, like some of my friends, they might have informed the characterization a bit. Yeah, for course. example, I had this this very artistic friends who went to like rap into painting and all that. So, so in, in a way, I, I think. But uh, but but having fictional characters is so important and so useful because like when once they're fictional, you can do whatever you want to do with them. You are not held back mentally by your perception or your relationship with someone in yeah. your life and, and yeah so it just gives you so much freedom to to play around with them to amuse them to reflect your theme or whatever or or your that um, narrative interests that you might have your writing style is also so poetic i like how every character has a voice but all of them like have a very poetical structure even andy is a person that loves poetry and that writes poetry that it's inserted inside of the book that I found like that was such a fun thing to do. Would you say that this is your your personal style, or is this something that the story demanded? Yeah, I think exactly like both, right? Both ways. <laughs> like on the one hand, I I'm attracted to like very strong writing, very I mean strong voices, for example. But of course, very strong writing. I mean wonderful writing. I mean like great sentences. I mean stick with me, and they just remain part of. I mean, part of me, right? And they, mm-hmm. and I think they're important because, on the one hand, they can be very nourishing, and yeah, and mm. and of course, uh, just gives us very important ways to to prod the world, to examine the world, to to I mean, to feel the world. Anyway, and uh, I think the writing also demanded that because I remember when I was around and this age, when I was a teen, I I wrote a lot of poems, poems, and uh, and, and poetry provided me this. <laughs> opportunity to to air my views or to examine myself one to interrogate myself to yeah. examine myself and uh, and yep. also give me this opportunity to should i say air my views or to express my, myself in a very like in a very subtle clear particular definite way i think and uh, uh-huh. so the story the story demanded it as well as um martin side seems to be i hope i don't know seems to be tend towards those kinds of uh, depictions or i really liked it because i felt like it was impactful Every time I read like a snippet right after what was happening, felt like his his thoughts like louder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that you didn't shy away from slang and from like idioms and from very like particular Nigerian ways of saying things. Uh, because I don't think that we see that written that much. I feel yeah. like we hear it in TV and we hear it in radio and music and whatever, but we don't see it in books. And I I hate that thing of highbrow versus lowbrow in books like you cannot write slang oh come on like people talk like this mm. and i like like the difference between the adults and the teenagers like how their their speech was written i think the last time i read some you know with like all the slang and the act like those words was probably vagabonds i don't know if you've read it Stephen. oh god it's, it's, it's so cool. yeah, vagabonds, yeah 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 vagabonds was it's very, it's yeah same, same yeah sort of I, I really love yeah. that. Are there any, I, I, this is, you don't have to answer it if you can't think of it. Are there are there any like popular Nigerian slang words that we can learn, like that you can tell a couple of, couple of those right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends, right? I mean, Nigeria, like Nigeria has over 500 languages, right? So, so I mean, yeah. so, but, but we, but we, Nigeria, we communicate with each other usually in English or in Pidgin English. Yeah. So, 
So I mean, so I, I think what people might call Nigerian slang might be words from pidgin English, and uh, yeah. which is a very great way of appropriating, abrogating, appropriating English, right? And oh, yeah. is doing amazing English in our own way, yeah, and, and saying, hey, we don't give a damn about you guys who colonize us. We're going to do things in our own way anyway. Yeah. I mean, so many, so many Nigerian slang. I mean, I mean, it depends, right? Uh, a word that just comes to me now is like a beg. It's mm. a word we call a beg. It's like a like, like yes. please that or, yeah. or or let me be or 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 it's just yeah. all right so i beg just yeah something like that yeah. A B E yeah. G. so i think yeah my favorite one is wahala because i'm, I'm called wahala, wahala. okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think wahala is originally from hausa like a oh, really a, like the predominant language spoken yeah spoken in northern nigeria so but of course pidgin english like has also like, yeah borrowed the, the word yeah. so yeah, Wahala, I know, yeah. Wahala is like, troublemaker, trouble, yeah. trouble, yeah. 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 Trouble, so, so, yeah. Of course, Kins must be calling you that every day, Rosa. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about your writing journey, Stephen. Yeah. You've won the Booker Prize Foundation Scholarship, and then I think you won another, another prize for your debut for this book. And you wrote this book in Norwich, when once you got the like you started writing it in Nigeria but you finished it once you got to Norwich and you were doing your course what was the impact of this scholarship and how has that influenced you know you finishing your book so far yes I actually wrote um a first draft of the novel in Nigeria right I completed it yeah I mean once I got once the voice came to me I mean just like this huge huge yeah. drug like a kind of a class drug that can last for 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 weeks and weeks right so so a huge injection wow. of of um, of inspiration so like i was just walking feverishly and uh, so i think i wrote a first draft of the novel i mean around like fifty thousand words right like in two and a half weeks two and a half weeks then in, yeah between yeah. Like july and august so i was writing on my phone a blackberry day and night all right 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 i as imagine i'm like chatting with with some imaginary girlfriend or something just right, right. <laughs> anyway um yeah so so yeah i did that in like in two and a half weeks and then i came to uea just came here to UA to study for my main creative writing yeah so like the journey i mean to publishing this book for me it has been a journey of privilege huge privilege like many writers many writers yeah which is very very sad many writers i mean struggle to to mm-hmm. get agents and i mean to get publishers for the for the books and all and is it like that that is a common story, you know, which is very sad, you know. But but in my own case, yeah, like I was incredibly privileged. For example, my agent actually signed signed, signed me, right? My agent signed me after just reading, signed me to her list after just reading like a few chapters of the book, right? I mean, she had so much wow. confidence in the story, and uh, okay. yeah, and, yeah, and and that is not usually done. I mean, agents wouldn't want to take and back on such huge risk. Yeah, signing. Yeah. Her, I mean, yeah, and uh, and. And once I had a complete draft of the novel, yeah. So my agent sent it out, and within a few days, started getting offers for for the book. So which is which wow. is literally wonderful, and they, amazing, a tremendous privilege. Yeah, yeah, honestly, tremendous privilege. Did you get the agent before you got the scholarship, or after you finished it? After I got the scholarship, yeah. I mean, I got the scholarship in 2018, and they, yeah, and coming to the scholarship, the scholarship was. Hugely, hugely uh, pivotal to my development as a writer. Yeah, like, yeah, I, can't um, 
I mean, yeah, I mean, it just gave me, for example, this one whole year to just fully focus on yes. developing my writing. And, and it gave me this huge opportunity to be, to be part of, I mean, the UAA creative writing course, I mean, to get feedback, I mean, on my, on my writing. And, uh, and this feedback was hugely, hugely useful, like in, in shaping the novel. And of course, the scholarship too, like, also gave me opportunities to, I mean, to meet, I meet some writers, I mean, writers who I only dreamt of. Well, I just wow. dreamt of meeting, right? For example, um, a few weeks after I'd arrived in the UK, and uh, yeah. so I mean, I was invited to attend the Booker Prize ceremony in nice. 2018, right? Yeah. So wow. it was, so before then, I hadn't met any established writer because like, I didn't live in, like, in a huge Nigerian city. So yeah. I, I didn't, yeah, so I didn't like live in Lagos and all that. So, so it was great. I've just a few years after I mean arriving in the UK and then having to meet people like Ben Okree, for example, or yeah, who Anna Bonds, who won who won the Booker Prize that year. And, uh, wow. and, and all these writers. And, Milkman. Yeah. 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 And uh, so uh, now and then the, I mean being a Booker Prize scholar, like Booker Prize Foundation like invites scholars to some yeah. of the events, which is hugely yeah, wonderful. Um, Amazing. Uh, this is a very well deserved um, opportunity. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank this you. is quite a journey because you wrote your book <laughs> yeah. at the, in the course and you had yeah. all this feedback. And we've had a few authors, you know, who have been in writing groups where they get all that support and feedback. Yeah. But yeah. then when the next book comes, they, they, they sort of don't have the same support to get that feedback. How do you how do you feel about venturing? Because it'll be a different different experience of writing. Yes. Yeah. As I said, uh, I, I, when I came, when I began the course uh, at UA, so I already had like a complete draft, like uh, an early draft, yeah. very, very rough draft. Of course, I knew at the That's time true. that that draft wasn't workable, but I just wouldn't just get the work done. I just knew to know oh, I've been able to like begin a novel, I mean a story, and like a novel length like story, and then I'm big, big, to have a to have. Big, Begun, begun it right and completed it too. Like mm-hmm. I mean, ha- like, to have it like a complete draft of it. So I mean, the UA course was just an opportunity for me to like to just mm-hmm. have some people like look at uh, a few chapters of what I've done, and then to give me like feedback. Uh, uh, yeah, feedback on, on it. And and so and all that pointed more towards areas of my writing that I had to like perhaps uh, focus a bit more on, like to develop or to yeah. be more conscious of. And so as I said, aspect of my writing, not just I mean the book because. Once I had received some of the feedback, some of the feedback I had gotten, yeah, I decided to like, yeah. actually begin it, you know, I mean, from scratch, which is, it was an original plan anyway. So, I mean, carefully, like, slowly and carefully, I mean, I mean, structure the book. And so the, the subsequent feedback, I mean, I received was just more <laughs> accepted or, or whatever I didn't accept anyway. So, I mean, coming to the question, I, I mean, as a writer, I mean, I still have, I mean, friends around me who, who, who read my work. I mean, my partner reads, yeah. reads my, my work and I mean, my yeah. agents reads my work and uh, so I don't think it will be too different uh, because I think the number one person, usually in a creative sense, the one person who would recognize a problem and uh, the, the person who is placed like in the best position to recognize a problem and perhaps yeah. to profile solutions to, to those problems, I think should be the writer because I, like, after writing, it's usually best. Like many but, professional yeah. writers, like for example, Stephen King, for example, like just <laughs> puts the manuscript away for like six months or up to one year yeah. and then they come come back to the manuscript with like very fresh eyes and then you actually mm. see so many things that uh, you could you could many many ways to improve on it and uh, i think that is the kind of right how i want to like, yeah. go into and yeah uh, and uh, yeah and uh, yeah we'll see we'll see uh, each, each book is different and there's no formula to, to doing this and it's just 
yeah that's true each book is its its own journey i I forgot about that stephen king does do that because um the reason you get feedback from other people is because you need a fresh pair of eyes but that's basically you can do it yourself when you've given enough time for the manuscript to like get away from it and then come back to it and you you are that person who gives that feedback Yeah, yeah, having the patience to wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that is. Yeah. The, I, I think that was mostly what uh, what a creative writing course is about. Because I mean, m- most times, I mean, you have these strong deadlines, and you have to meet mm. these deadlines, and yeah. I usually don't have those good pair of eyes to. I mean, those fresh pair of eyes to examine what yeah. you've written and the, yeah. the life of a professional writer. I think that's what one has to like learn more and. We also wanted to like check how's been your publishing journey, the, the publishing of this book. This is your debut book, even though no one can believe it yeah. because it's so well written. Uh, oh, <laughs> thank you. Been, like, <laughs> thank no you. How's been doing the publicity <laughs> and just like seeing this come to life? Yeah, I'm, I'm so far. I've, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far. It's uh, it's 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 one of. I mean, my my previous supervisor, I mean, told me, gave me a very wonderful piece of advice, right? That uh, I should yeah. try as much as possible to enjoy it, I mean, this whole process because, I mean, years later, I might look Aww. back on it and feel, oh, like, yeah, maybe I didn't do enough to enjoy it and uh, it yeah. might become something I might want, I might miss. So, and I think that is a very helpful piece of advice. And so I'm just doing my yeah, best to enjoy the whole process. And yeah, I mean, it's always fun, of course, talking about the book. I mean, while writing the book, I was just cocooned in my bedroom, just writing, writing, writing. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually, it's a bit strange though, but now it's actually nice to finally like meet people who are passionate about the book, I mean, and having discussions with them. So it's, yeah, it's yeah. a good experience. Yeah, that's very true. And I'm glad you're enjoying enjoying this part of the journey. And yeah. the experience of a debut is different from, like, it's going to be the unique yeah. experience from all the other yeah. books yeah. that you publish yeah. in the future. I feel like I'm coming up with all the problematic questions this time. I, <laughs> I wanted to ask you, and you don't have to answer because it's a difficult question to answer. Um, yeah, yeah, try me. Which cover do you prefer? <laughs> you don't do that. I don't know. You I mean, do <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love, I love the two covers. I mean, I love them. I mean, if you can, if I mean, having them side by side, you they see they are vastly different. Yeah, they're not so vastly different as you might think. You see that they, they actually speak to each other, like they. Yeah, actually yeah. in conversation with each other and uh, yeah and, and these so, are those yeah. two and these are those two, two some of the some of the covers so like some of the english covers because uh, there's also a nigerian cover which is different from these two oh, um, yeah and as, and as a german cover which is very very different i mean i think that, that will be released soon i mean you, you might see that in like in a couple of weeks or so and german cover yeah. so and so it's just wonderful to have different artists like interpreting the book differently and it's yeah. i mean the many things i love about each like i mean i really love this i mean for example this uk cover um i mean once area just sees it i mean just i think it gives a very good picture of what the book is about yeah i mean there's africa and there's marilyn monroe here and and, and that's yeah. that conversation <laughs> it's a uh, my same my, my same star can over it's it does but that's what the book is about uh, about this huge inundation of western culture like in nigeria and yes and, and the impact yeah. it has and like the impact of hollywood and all that i mean very proud of I mean, the publisher to like put this front and center and yeah and not to like share away from the whole conversation and all yeah uh and the colors too like it's very 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 I, vibrant and, and it's like the tone of andy's voice i think i don't know but uh, yeah and i love it and and the u.s cover too it's wonderful i mean it's 
I mean, it's I mean, it's a slightly different interpretation to of the book, but it's like what I just really love about the cover is how it's just different in terms of the kind of lighting that, that you use. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, yeah. like in daylight now, it's it's like different colors, different colors pop out, right? But like it's at night, you know, like it's kind of it's a little bit. It shifts a little bit and all. So, I mean... Yeah. yeah. I love the yellow hue around... Yeah, the yeah. halo. Yeah, the yeah. halo. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah the halo, yeah. Halo. And, yeah. I love and that's that. a, a strong motif in, in, in the novel and the, about halos and all that, yeah. 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 The wonderful covers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you've asked question very well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it was very politically correct. I wanted something more sharp. <laughs> no. No, but I, I agree. Like, uh, he has a yeah. point because all the covers are yeah. such, they're wildly different interpretations. And I yeah. guess that's always a pleasure for the author to see. And that is what art is all about, right? Art is all yeah. about how we interpret things. And uh, now it's, it's, it's really wonderful. Yeah, they're wonderful covers. Oh. Do you have any future projects in the work that you can talk to us about? Or is it all secret, secret, hush, hush? I mean, yeah, a bit hush, 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 right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think my next project will be a novel. Will be a novel. I don't know. I'm still like in this kind of creative crossroads, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So, mm. I mean, I might take just... Uh, I might take any any path that comes anyway. I mean, just for me, when I finally sit down at my desk and and then like whatever strongly strongly engages me, yeah, I will go I will go with that. I mean, like this story, for example, I mean this novel. I mean, my novel, the five circle mysteries of Pan Africa. Yeah. If you had told me like five years ago that oh this would be my debut novel, this is what I would write, I would have told you that oh like you are you are lying or you're something or perhaps you are sci-fi <laughs> or perhaps I don't know yeah. that, that, that yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm coming from the future or something or whatever. Uh, but but whatever, like I never believe that we'll write something like this. I mean a book that will be tend to tend uh, described as satirical or funny and yeah. all that. But yeah, yeah. never about bloodness yeah. and all that. Yeah. But whatever, this is what I, I ended up writing and, and I think this this is a very, very dear story to me and uh, and I hope we just story the book because we'll see why this is so important and uh, and, and why this sto this story needs to be told and, and the place of the story in the world nice. it definitely anybody who reads this picks this book up and I, I encourage all our listeners to pick this book up it's going to enjoy and you're going to enjoy it for different reasons because there's so much there's so much to relate to the the characters the journey the the setting and the yeah. history there's so much nuance the writing itself visually appealing when you read it it's you know it's poetic it's it makes you feel all sorts of things uh, i i think it's an all-encompassing coming-of-age story that one needs to get their hands on i agree well thank you so much Stephen, for joining us it's been great to talk to you and to talk about your wonderful book we had a blast i hope you also had fun with us yeah yeah thank you so much i mean i mean you both are such a wonderful too right and and yeah your, your questions are really as i said really, really i mean intriguing and thank and insightful you. too i think yeah thank you we work on them thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you to our listeners for listening to yet another episode of oh my lit we are going to include all the links to steven's book it yep. comes out on april 13 uh, in uk so but it's available yeah. for pre-order please go to the links in our description and order the book right now one because you need that wonderful cover on your bookshelf but two you need that story for your heart thank you so much Sarah. wonderful thank you <laughs> well and that's it for us for season two we've had such a great season thank you all the authors 
and publicists who got in touch with us and all our listeners for enjoying season two with us. We're going to be back in no time, but if you're bored in the meantime, you can always release and and release and release our old episodes. All the links are given on our social media channels. Don't forget to follow Oh My Lit on Twitter and Instagram. We'll see you all very soon. Doodles!